Hello, everyone, and welcome to Undressed. This is Northwestern University's Stitch Magazine podcast, and I'm Zizi. And I'm Katie Moore. So, Katie, for the at-home issue, Stitch is, of course, we've been doing at home since the Earth has essentially sent us all to our rooms to think about what we've done. So, uh, what have you been doing during quarantine? Um, Good question. I've been... Watching a lot of Netflix, I've learned how to bake bread. Um, yeah, Ooh. lots of good stuff. What about you? Um, yeah, I mean, I've been watching a lot of TV, like more than usual. But I've also just been like binge watching Sex in the City because my parents hyped it up a bit too much. <laughs> and as we know, like our generation just has this thing for the 90s. So as I was watching the show, okay, so firstly, let me just give a premise for the show. But before that, a disclaimer that um, Katie and I are recording virtually. Yes, we are from home. From home, like our separate homes. And we're just doing this through an app that's really, really cool. And yeah, so the premise of the show is just four women in New York City living in the city, living their lives. They're all in their 30s, unmarried, and it just follows them. And the show was seen as something that was very new at the time, especially since they are unmarried and don't have children. And it's like the turn of the century. It's like the late 90s, early 2000s. This was like something very new and um, not seen before. And these women are seen as like, diehard feminists but that's something we can unpack later and yeah like um katie you recently watched the films so what what did you think of them Uh, i did watch the movies i watched them with my mom who is an avid sex in the city fan it's been like her favorite show um for as long as i can remember and the movie i'm pretty sure took place 10 years after the rest of the show but it seemed to follow the same stuff um interesting very fashion centered which we love here on stitch um but yeah i could definitely see how there were a few things that i'm not sure would fly in 2020 that is very true so like off like in within the show the main like the protagonist like one of the four protagonists her name is carrie bradshaw and she's a freelance writer and she run, uh, she writes a sex column. So it's supposed to be pushing this um, sex positive perspective. But as we're going to be getting into this episode, we're just going to be like dissecting what sex in the city is and what it's taught us now in 2020, like 22 years after the first episode was released. Um, so yeah, like there will be a lot of spoilers. Like if you've never seen the show, this episode has a lot of spoilers. So like my motivation for watching the show was because my parents hyped it up so much and because like in our generation in particular like we so we are nostalgic for a time period that we never lived in like the 90s you know like you can see it in how we dress like the straight leg jeans the movies that we watch the the music that we listen to yeah it's so true i um i've been spending a lot of time on depop since all the stores are closed And probably the biggest um, fashion tag trend is the 90s Y2K style. And it's true. It's interesting, the whole idea of nostalgia. Um, 
because it seems so the 90s especially to our parents and the adults who maybe sex in the city was targeted towards it seems so modern to them but to us it's something that's I don't know the pre 9-11 something that we were never able to experience and because of that it seems Mm -hmm. so like vintage and retro yeah and it's something that's like oh my gosh I'm not like other girls which I think is very interesting because like the 90s are just like have been so blown up like like we can see it in how everybody just dresses right now and it all started as like something that you know is like different you know that makes one person like different and not like everybody else like oh I'm not like other girls but now even though that like phrase is just very very problematic but like it's something that everybody's doing so we need to we need to talk about it so what sex what I liked about sex in the city and like what my mom would like talk about is how Carrie uh, like the protagonist and how the self portrayed fashion as something that is accessible for everybody like you could see Carrie wearing designer brands but also wearing like thrifted clothing all within the same outfit like she in the um the opening credits she's wearing a five dollar skirt that she thrifted but she's also wearing Manolo Blahnik so you see this mixture of high and low fashion which is something that you see today as well yeah I definitely think that historically the idea of fashion has been something that you know is um it's stuff with the high-end labels and designer brands like that is what the definition of fashion was but then one thing that I really appreciate about now and I guess it was born out of maybe from this 90s nostalgia coming back as a trend is the whole idea of thrifting becoming something that you know is cool and that people want to do that makes like fashion much more accessible which I really appreciate yeah and you can see those also with like the brands that are just like popping back up like with Champion and Fila like we I think we can all like agree that Champion and Fila had the biggest glow up of the 2010s and that is saying something because I'm pretty sure most of us did not look very great (laughs) during the 2010s but like the way it just came up with this wave especially towards the late 2010s especially around like 2016 until like right now um like Champion and Fila like they just blew up and part of it is because our generation just gained more purchasing power. Like we could, we started, some of us started making money or like started spending our parents' money more wisely or on things that we wanted to spend it on. And we decided that we want to bring the 90s back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's super interesting. I, um, I own one champion shirt and I was so proud of getting it. I remember when I first got it years ago and I was watching mid nineties, which I think is another example of another nineties culture that's coming back. And one of the characters had the exact same shirt. And it's interesting to see this um, transition from like, these were brands that you would find in Walmart and they were super cheap, you know, um, not Nike or Adidas or anything like that. And now they're coveted, like those big Fila stompers, um, Mm. super popular and all that. And I think that that is one thing that 
I was thinking when I was thinking about, you know, the resurgence of 90s culture, I thought about this. It's like this whole idea of the gentrification of fashion, you know, um, and it's taking these brands and styles that, you know, maybe weren't historically considered oh very fashionable or very high end, but now they've become something to you know, strive for, stuff like that. Yeah, I definitely agree. But, like, coming back to Sex in the City a bit, because, like, with Sex in the City, it was, like, pushed as this show that was new, that was doing something that's never been done before. But the show was very problematic. So now I'm just going to go on a rant about how problematic the show yes, was. go for it. And in, and in a sense, it just shows that this was the culture around the 90s and this is just what was happening around the 90s so one thing that i found pretty problematic is how carrie is like a sex columnist so she writes a lot about sex and she's like the show portrays itself as being like sex positive and women making their own decisions but carrie slut shames her friend samantha all the time not just her though everybody does so it kind of makes you think, you know, it's like, really? And another thing is like the closed mindedness, especially around sexuality. Like the show is so homophobic. Yeah, it is just very homophobic in the way that the queer characters are represented. Firstly, there were only two recurring characters who were queer and they were very stereotypically presented like there were just these men who would gossip all the time and um, love fashion and they didn't really have anything going on in their lives besides supporting the four main characters and in the films they get married because there are no other gay people around so it's like the gay people just get married so I I thought that was pretty Interesting. What did you think, Katie? Yeah, I definitely took note of that, you know, the trope of the gay man who's there to help accessorize Carrie. Um, Yeah, I thought it was interesting because I was talking to my mom about it after we watched the movie and she was telling me all about how, oh, like sex in the city, um, it, it introduced this whole, it was part of like the Y2K introduction of this whole idea of relationships and love and marriage not being the end goal and you know people having sex and casual sex and all of that and I and for that I think that you know you were talking about how during like when it came out Sex in the City was this big feminist sort of show movement um but to see how it how it's aged because yes there's exactly like what you said like there's mention of sex and there's um it's portrayed in a way that is more modern than probably there had been in the last century but then it's so heteronormative and like all the main characters are these beautiful thin white women and there's no there's not really any indication of diversity when I watched the movie um, Carrie hires an assistant whose name is Louise I think and she was the only person of color that I think was in that film and even so like she was you know portrayed as this you know the sassy black woman um which I thought was yeah you see that in the in the in the seasons as well like in the six seasons 
um there's one episode where Samantha is dating a black man and the sister of the man that she's dating does not want them to date because she says that oh you, um we just don't date white people here and she's portrayed as a sassy angry black woman like all like all the minority characters that you ever see firstly they only appear for like 15 minutes tops <laughs> um and they're all portrayed so stereotypically and it's just crazy to me and what you just said about how it's supposed like the show is supposed to lend itself to portraying women as like, m- like marriage is not the end goal but how the, f- the like how the series the series ends with Mr. Big the very toxic man that Carrie dated for 6 years <laughs> oh my god <laughs> like their relationship was just toxic like they dated on and off for 6 years and it was just it was it was terrible and at the end he just swoops in in paris and says carry you're the one and then they get married and in the films they're married and it's like okay like yes you you portray yourself as like okay so marriage is not the end goal but most of the characters end up married and i'm like yeah sure if like that's their choice but then i just i feel like they didn't really try as much to escape from like that whole fairy tale that women just want to be rescued even though they're trying so much to portray themselves as like the opposite and like women are like independent or whatever yeah exactly it's like they're branding themselves as this oh we're not like you know other shows oh my god exactly like what you were saying earlier not like other girls um in the yeah. end they, they go back on their statement they do wind up married cuz you know what else is a woman supposed to do I know that in the movie they yeah. stress age a lot too as like oh she's this 40-year-old who's not married yet what's wrong with her Yeah and I thought that was just very interesting because these are problems that we experience today of course like like none of this has ended but even though things seem to be like moving in like the right direction like there has pro- like progress has been made but if we look at the time in which these shows were made like it's like a period that is characterized by a lot of racism a lot of sexism homophobia misogyny transphobia and you can see this in the show especially like the show is just like these four white women living in new york and new york is one of the most diverse cities in this country but everybody that you see in the show is white so it just got me thinking how appropriate or like is it okay for us to like enjoy the art that came out of this period like like you know the music the films the the fashion without acknowledging that all of this art was born of a period of so much oppression mm. I, that's such an age old question like the whole separation separating the art from the artist i think especially with our our generation's tendency to romanticize the past i think that that that's something that's so prevalent and not even just with the 90s but with like the 60s or the 70s and all of these you we to generalize obviously but i think that we as a generation fail to remember the implications of those times and the fact that yes like maybe those times had beautiful fashion or great music but for the if you weren't you know cis or white or 
heterosexual like it was a it was a tough time like they I think that a lot of those problems get erased in the in the transition to an aesthetic yeah I think this can like this form of appropriation like I like to explain appropriation like a sense of three concentric circles like in the center you have like your values that people hold dear and then in the outer layer you have the people who are connected to these values and in the outermost layer like the third circle you have like the material products that these people produce and because like you see this in culture too like this is not just for fashion but like within cultures like you have the core values the people who identify with those values and then the materials that they produce in like the outermost layer and because we can see the products as like a manifestation of that culture like that part like the third circle is easier to reach other people that it's very easy for someone on the outside to just take or appropriate a part of the outside without knowing the values and the thing that makes it what it is and I think that that could be likened to what we are seeing here with our generation because that time was not great I mean okay so like yeah it just it just wasn't like if I asked my parents like how were the 90s they were like they were not great but the tv show they say they say the tv show is great but the 90s were not (laughs) so it's just something that we I think we need to we need to really think about like what is it that we want to appreciate and keep as part of like our own aesthetic because we are also trying to find like our own identities and we are looking to the past to do that but we just need to like figure out how we can take what's good and learn from mistakes as well yeah yeah I love that that idea of thinking of appropriation as those circles I think that's so cool I I don't I've never really thought about it like that but yeah it 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 does raise that whole question where it's like it's so easy to take the good without thinking about any of the bad or thinking about like what led to the creation of the good yeah and as you were saying like about the whole gentrification of fashion we see this with streetwear like streetwear started as like a trend amongst mostly skaters and like with the hip-hop generation and we see how that was condemned by like mainstream society and that was formed and that essentially made these group of people like form like a subaltern group and they have their own culture like skater culture or like um, hip-hop culture and the way that people would dress and the way that um, they would present themselves. And this was frowned upon. But now you have brands like Supreme who just slap on the Supreme logo and now that's streetwear. And what got me thinking is like, yes, we as a, like not just as a generation, but like as a society, we have started to accept streetwear as like fashion and like it's appropriate for people to um, present themselves like that. To the point where we see all these tech giants, people working for all these tech giants in Silicon Valley, wearing streetwear to work. You see all these young fitness people going, wearing leggings, you know, just moving around the city. But then <laughs> I feel like we still need to think, yes, that's just, now. this is something that we are all appreciating and like we are living our lives in. But we, I, I think we should also like remember the roots of where it came from and how 
those groups were treated when they did what felt right to them especially and i think this also has just something that we can think about is like with all these tech people like being able to dress however they want which is like great because i feel like anybody should wear whatever they want but you still see other people when they go to work being condemned for wearing whatever they want like till this day you still find black women being told to straighten their hair at work so it's just like who really gets to appreciate the past it's like who's given that right to appreciate the past yeah exactly i i definitely i i remember watching a video from i think it was like college humor or something talking about this girl who was like oh i wish i lived in you know the 90s or i wish i lived in the 20s especially like the 20s now that we're in 2020 um i know i saw there was a whole slew of you know, memes and TikToks that were talking about how, oh, it's so wonderful. We can return to the roaring 20s and what a great time that was. But it really is, to some extent, like pretty much just erasure of so many different people's experiences. And I think that, like, you touched on that so well. And how this relates to COVID. Oh, wow, I almost forgot. How this relates to our at-home issue and COVID is we are all in a rush to like go back to what is perceived as normal, like going outside, meeting up with friends at coffee shops and doing the thing. But we need to, I feel like we, since we have this time to like really evaluate our choices, I think we need to also evaluate what we consider to be normal and what we want to keep from like our lives like before COVID and after COVID because clearly things were not looking great for everybody. No. Um, yeah I definitely think that we're I mean we're all stuck at home we're all just turning towards consumption you know of TV shows and social media and just media in general and um, I know that so, like binge watching revisiting all these old shows is something that so many people are doing right now because there's not really anything else to do and I think that it's also it's such a good opportunity to be able to like yes appreciate the past and I can see the appeal where it's you know a nostalgia for a time that we weren't in a global pandemic but I think it's also a really it's also a really great opportunity to learn and revisit these things in a modern context and exactly like what you said bring them bring the good and try and leave the bad behind out when we get out of quarantine yeah so that's it for me and katie um thank you for listening this has been undressed with stitch magazine (laughs)